If you bring in a diversity in voices, the, the stories are going to be different just because of the difference in backgrounds. And like, I, I think everyone brings such a different perspective. And, and as women, we, we move through the world in a different way. That's Katia Martin, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. I'm Kara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you anything truly is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, and success, who are living their best and most ridiculous lives and are making an impact are often people you've never heard of until now. My love language is collaborating. There is nothing more fun than working with amazing people to make something you're proud of. Today's guest, Katia Martin, shares that passion for creating and collaborating. She's a filmmaker, actor, most recently on Promised Land on ABC and Hulu, a producer and all-around creative who's committed to telling authentic stories and giving more women a place to tell their own. She is definitely someone I'm keeping in my circle. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor. Let's begin. Just tell everyone listening who you are, where you are, and what you're up to. (laughs) Uh, Well, my name is Kati Martin. I'm currently in Brooklyn, New York, um, and I'm an actor and filmmaker. Um, I just got back to New York after um, shooting the show Promised Land for ABC out in LA, um, followed by a feature film um, called Death That Awaits. And, you know, I was connected to you through Alex Lawson, Mm -hmm. yes, who was so excited about how committed you are to telling female stories and having female crews. How did you and Alex meet? And, you know, where did your passion for working with fellow powerful ladies come from? Yeah. uh, So Alex and I met um, through this um, women's um, coaching group. Uh, we did this um, ladies mastermind uh, coaching group session um, back in, I think it was 2019. No, 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 never. No, it was definitely, it was COVID. So it was like 2020, <laughs> I guess it was over a year ago. That's a funny thing. So Alex is, I guess, technically like a, a COVID friend of mine. We've actually never met in person, even though we've known each other for about two years. Um, but I've met her husband um, mm-hmm. in person. Uh, we actually, I ended up working um, on a, a acrylics video um, so he and I met in person, um, Chris, um, so that, um, I like both of us can't wait to actually meet and give each other a physical <laughs> hug. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I got into film and, and TV pretty young. I always like really wanted to act and make movies. Um, and I think I, I kind of realized pretty quickly, especially I, I moved to New York when I was 17 and went to NYU here and started working. And I think I, I realized pretty quickly that I didn't really have any female mentors or, um, or like women to aspire, um, to look up to and, and aspire to be. Um, and it, it took me a really, really long time to actually feel like I had like a female support group, mm-hmm. um, and so more and more, I, I just started trying to find those women um, and and 
reach out more, get to work with them more, um, and just build those those relationships. I think, especially in in film and TV, so much of what we do is is so personal, and like we're yeah. you work such long hours, super close to people, and and to be able to have a kind of a community around your your creative work, I think, is really important. And for me, as as a young woman moving to New York by myself, it was really important to to find those other women too. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes me think of, you know, often people don't associate the parallels between being a creative or an actor and being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so missed. You know, I was listening to an episode of Smartless yesterday, yeah. which has become my like, uh, whenever I'm driving around and I'm, I'm having a bad day, I'm like, one episode of that, I will laugh. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they were talking about, you know, Jason Bateman regularly speaks to that no one understands what it's like to constantly be pitching yourself and constantly getting mm-hmm. rejected and not having that security. Because he's thinking like actor to corporate life. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm like, Jason, that's what I do every day. Like, <laughs> it, you're, yeah. you, if you represent yourself, like that's mm-hmm. what life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. And like, you're, you're literally just like standing out there. Mm-hmm. letting people judge you and like a- asking them to and then you know nine times out of ten it's like no that's not what we want next yeah well and that's why so I'm so appreciative when someone says yes like yes to this mm-hmm. podcast yes to hiring me as a coach like like whatever it is it's like I so appreciate the yes because it's not just and I'm, I'm curious if you feel the same way it's not just a yes mm-hmm. to me or my identity, it's an opportunity for me to be a contribution and Mm -hmm. a connection. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not just a yes. It's, it's Mm -hmm. the ability to give all these things that we have to give. Yeah. And and what you just said about it's an opportunity, like that's, it's also an opportunity to, to learn. And I think, you know, so many times, especially in, you know, in the creative business where I, I, I don't know if it's only in, the, in like creative industries. I think it's kind of everywhere. Where like, it's so easy to just give the job to someone you know. And if you don't know people, it's hard to get that first job. And so to have someone give you that yes, they're also giving you the opportunity to just to learn, to have something else on your resume, mm-hmm. um, to get to prove yourself, to get to figure out what works, what doesn't work. Um, I mean, and that was something like, for example, Alex, um, like, reached out to me it was so so random but um after we'd known each other for a while i had like quit my job here in new york and i went out to la just for like literally a hot second to kind of like recenter myself mm-hmm. and it just so happened that they were doing a video out there in in san diego actually where where i i have family and and she was like oh well would you want to do it like could could you do this even though she had you know we had never worked together before we had mm-hmm. never worked in person but like she trusted me with that and that that gave me such a huge like bump mm-hmm. to then, um, you know, be able to to go off and do other things. Yeah, I don't know anyone that gets any job without knowing someone first, mm-hmm. and it's like um, that's why I'm such a big connector. I tell people, I'm like, if they're if I'm connected to someone, if you see it on LinkedIn or anywhere else, you can tell them I said you should connect because whoever asks, I'm gonna say it anyway, unless mm-hmm. they're. There's very few people I'd be like, no, 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 don't use my name. But most people are good and they and they are awesome and they are like, especially people taking the effort to mm-hmm. be in motion, it yeah. changes everything. Yeah, no, for sure. Besides Alex, who are some um, people or powerful ladies that have 
giving you those opportunities that opened up huge doors for you? Um, gosh, um, one of my best friend mentors, older sisters is a woman named Catherine Kendall, um, who I adore, but she's just been, she is one of the nicest, most generous people. Um, and she's been such a, an advocate for me. Um, Drew Dixon is, is another woman who, um, has just given me so much support and, and love and, and opportunity. Um, Dee Dee Wong, um, is a very new and powerful new friend and mentor of mine. Um, I honestly, like this sounds so cliche, but like my, my mom is like one of the women that I just like look up to so much. She just doesn't work in film at all. Like she's, mm-hmm. she's a teacher and now, or she was a teacher. She now has become a, a school psychologist. She got her master's and changed careers at, um, you know, in, in midlife. Um, but she, she's taught me so much of, about just being present and, and kind of, you know, weighing through the, or like wading through the moments of, of struggle and, and just like knowing where you're going and, mm-hmm. um, and being calm and, and, grounded um i think those are those are four of the like strongest female presence in my in my life as like women that i look up to yeah you know if you look back at eight-year-old you would you Mm. imagine that you're at where you are now uh no i think i think eight-year-old me like didn't really have a vision of like what working and like I I knew I I loved movies and I knew I wanted to make them but I had no idea what that meant Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of of lifestyle I don't think I ever saw myself as producing and like putting teams together and um and like not staying in one city for (laughs) for more than a couple (laughs) months uh yeah it, it, it actually I think it was around when I was seven or eight that I did kind of click into the idea that film was a career that people did. Uh, we had this, um, it was like the first kind of DVD behind the scenes package that we had gotten. And it was, I remember so clearly it was Lord of the Rings. And I remember seeing for the first time, like someone who had like, whatever had a camcorder BTS and was just filming. And like, you saw the director, you saw the actors, you saw like the makeup artist doing the touch-ups. And that was the first time I was like, Oh, wait, oh, those are, uh, oh, I could be that, I could be that person. That's a person that's doing that. <laughs> um, so it was around that time that I was like, oh, maybe, maybe that's something I could do, but I had no idea that it would mean what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, you know, cause you've kind of been going back and forth, right? Between being in front of the camera, being behind the camera, collaboration, mm-hmm. How has that flow happened for you? And has it been very organic or have you been surprised at, you know, behind or in front of the lens, which, which one showed up for you? Um, a, a bit of both. I think the getting into, so my, my first kind of focus when I was little and, and what I kind of wanted was, was acting, was being in front of the camera, but the being behind the camera, I think came it, 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 it flowed, I flowed pretty easily into it where I just kind of, I started writing and I started um, just kind of like when I was little, I would put little family movies together with my cousins mm-hmm. and things like that. And then that kind of just evolved into 
making my first few short films. Um, and I, when I came um, out to New York, I, I was studying communications at NYU and I ended up doing a minor in um, like producing and, and entertainment business. And so that kind of opened my mind even more of like what actually goes into producing movies and TV and what actually has to happen. And, and then I kind of just learned on the job where like, I needed money and, and someone needed an assistant producer for a super low budget commercial. And I was like, yeah, I can. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and I like, I did internships for like event planning and stuff like that. And so those sorts of things mm -hmm. kind of, um, helped each other out in a way. And, um, I had, I think I've, I've also just been really lucky to get to work with people who are kind of, just there to create and, and are down mm -hmm. to bring in new, new people just to, to learn and kind of, if you can, if you can run at that pace and like run it and gun it, then um, you're in. Yeah. Um, so I, I like, I learned a lot on the job um, and it's, and it's been cool getting to go from like low budget, like commercial music video to then like get to act in a, an ABC show. Like that they're, they're such different worlds, but at the same time they're, they're similar in a lot of ways when you have like the right people around. I mean, did you have a fangirl moment for yourself when you have seen your face on the big, you know, the ABC uh, in New York? <laughs> like, what, what is that like? Uh, it was, it was weird. Uh, it yeah. was, I think, I think what was most strange about it was that it wasn't so much the scene my face on a TV screen. It was more like the reaction of people that I didn't know or who I haven't heard from who had seen it because yeah. up until I, I mean, I had like done other movies and TV that like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think many people have seen, but this was something that was just at a completely different level. And so that yeah. I think was kind of the most surprising part of it of like, Oh, people other than my family circle are actually seeing <laughs> this show. That's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that, that I think was the most like shocking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, there's on the journey of life, there keeps being moments like that, right? Cause obviously our goals mm -hmm. and what's next change. And I think it's, it's so magical when you have that moment where it's like, holy shit, like this, I thought about it. I imagined it. I didn't think it actually happened. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're so good at some of us anyway, of like saying it's going to happen and just head down, working, working, working. Mm -hmm. And so when you pause and look up and you're like, holy shit, that happened. Okay. Like yeah. it motivates me for what's next. Does it for you? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. There's, I'm, <laughs> I have the in New York. York traffic noise in the background. <laughs> I'm sorry if you can hear that. Um, uh, but sorry to go back to your question. Yes. Uh, that I, I'm one of those people too, of like, finishing something and already being on to the next thing. And, and that's, that's something that like my mom reminds me of all the time is, is just like the hold on for a second mm -hmm. and, and honoring the in-between moments um, between your, I guess, either goals or accomplishments or jobs, whatever those are, um, have learning to, to sit and, and acknowledge them before moving on. Even if, you know, even if you, are on a job and you have to start the next job within two days, you can be, you can start that next job, but, but at least carve out some sort of time or some sort of, mm -hmm. you know, process for you to acknowledge, acknowledge what you just did before just completely discarding it and moving forward. Yeah. 
I had the pleasure of spending Memorial Day weekend at the Telluride Mountain Film Fest. Oh, wow. Oh, awesome. It was very cool. I had not been to a mountain film festival before. Uh, Telluride has a separate Telluride Film Festival, mm-hmm. which is usually more Hollywood celebrity style. Mm-hmm. But mountain film is is adventure. It started off with like ski movies. So it's like action uh-huh. sports angle, nature, outdoors. But they really focus on social and environmental activism. Mm-hmm. And so the movies were so interesting about, you know, telling native voices um, as mm. a, um, a professional skier and what that means. Um, there's a whole amazing one about saving the, Am- the Amazon rainforest. Mm-hmm. And there was so- it was so great to see the diversity of storytellers. Mm-hmm. With that being important to you, like, what what is it about the storytelling that you think is so critical for more women voices and more women crews to be creating together? If, if you bring in a diversity in voices, the, the stories are going to be different just because of the difference in backgrounds and, and in, you know, lens, for lack of a better word, no pun intended. Um, like, I, I think everyone brings such a different perspective. And, and as women, we we move through the world in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. Our experience walking down the street is is different than men's. It's um, you know, and, and mine walking down the street is different than than yours, and is different than uh, an African American woman, an Asian woman. You know, we, we all experience life in in very different ways, and so the the more different voices who are coming to the table to tell stories, the more unique those those stories mm-hmm. are going to be told. Um, I, I think that's, you know, that's the same for including people who come from different cultural backgrounds, different, um, you know, just different ethnicities. It all, it all just brings such a richer palette to the project that you're working on because you have different, um, different inputs. Um, I think like, for example, a, just a small example of that in, um, on Promised Land, my, my character comes from, from Mexico and, and, kind of in my storyline, there was a lot of Spanish being spoken. And even though me and my co-stars were all fluent in Spanish, um, we, we really wanted to make sure that the Spanish that was being spoken was, was from Mexico where these parents where where these characters are from mm-hmm. and bringing in, um, I mean, we, we were so blessed and lucky that we, the production brought in, um, Manuel Uriza, who was our, not only our like translator and dialect coach, but also in a sense, our cultural coach and, and those mm-hmm. things, um, just a little like phrases and things like instead of saying hi how are you the like you know the what's up or like the mm-hmm. you know the the dude the you know or the, like, the, the, the slang kind of thing mm-hmm. like that's something that I've had so many people reach out to me saying like how they they saw their family represented in that because that was familiar to them and mm-hmm. you know going that extra step of actually bringing in the people who can who can give input on, mm-hmm. on that. Whereas like you or I might not have that knowledge. Um, I think that's, that's really important in, in the storytelling and in the discussion on representation too. It's not just having someone that, you know, looks a certain way that can fill, you know, that can yeah. take the box of like, Oh, we need five women on this crew. Okay, great. But if none of them are actually bringing what that position needs, like we're kind of at the same starting place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also, you know, if, if they're then not able to do the job, well, that also reflects badly on them. So then we're in this kind of vicious, <laughs> unproductive circle cycle. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think, I think 
both both are are important and true. Yeah. Well, and and it's just the the authenticity of it, right? Because it mm-hmm. it does even across the U.S. If everyone's speaking English, there are times you don't understand each other because the slang is so different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always entertaining when you are speaking with someone else who is fluent in your language but isn't native or mm-hmm. isn't um, from your your area of language and it's like the funniest stories to me like the lost in translation mm-hmm. is what kills me and it's some of the my funniest stories to retell are from living abroad and having that experience and mm-hmm. both feeling like an idiot and like getting to laugh at oh yeah that makes no sense i have no idea why we say that way <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. no and i and i i love that so much like i a lot of the stuff that i write involves people coming from different backgrounds or having those mm-hmm. miscommunications or speaking different languages um because i think that's i mean that to me it resonates because it's so much of how i grew up but i think it's mm-hmm. like that just makes us so more so much more attuned to what's happening in the world and how different people are relating to each other yeah. Did you grow up in San Diego? I know you said you have um, family here now. Yeah, I, I went to, well, I went to high school there. Um, my mom's from there and I, my dad is from Madrid and in, in Spain. So I actually, I grew up in Valencia. So I, we don't nice. actually have any family there, but um, I grew up in Valencia, Spain, Valencia, Spain, not Valencia, California. Uh, but, um, and then we, we moved to San Diego when I was 13. Um, and then I moved to New York. Yeah. Yeah. What what was that experience like for you going from Valencia to San Diego? Uh, it was, um, I think I was a lot more excited about it before it happened. And then it actually <laughs> happened and I hated it. <laughs> um, I, at, at that point, I knew that I wanted to work in, in movies and film and TV, mm-hmm. even though I was 13 and not at the age of working yet. But uh to me, San Diego was very close to Hollywood. And so I kind of had this, you know, very naive teenage idea in my mind that I would get there and be able to be on Disney Channel shows and, and just become a, a, a working actor at the age of 14 by then. Um, and I very quickly realized that that wasn't going to be the case. And, and I think it was, it was that disappointment plus the suddenly feeling very isolated and very, mm-hmm. uh, just, not in tune culturally with uh with the city and and with school and and how and just the the structure of life is is set up Mm -hmm. there um i had a lot of freedom in spain where you know everyone is just kind of running around and walking everywhere even though the the parents are you know at the the little bar cafe and they're watching you but you think you're wandering around on your own or there's Mm -hmm. you know there's always someone in the neighborhood who's got their eye on you um, but you still think you're going to the grocery store at seven years old all by yourself. Uh, and then to suddenly go from that to needing a car to get everywhere. And, um, yeah. you know, I, it, I, I wasn't, I wasn't very happy there. Um, yeah. but moving to New York, when I finally came out here, that felt like much more like home, like that city environment of being able yeah. to walk everywhere and, um, just that, that energy and, and fast pace that was, um, that was very much more what was what I jived with. Well, it, it changes everything. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, I've moved a ton myself across the US, in, you know, to Europe and back. And when you have walkability, it completely changes the cultural dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you're yeah. able to make friends faster. You're able to connect with people. When I moved from Europe to California, 
I was shocked that I'm like, oh, like I'll make friends at work. And I did, but they lived an hour away. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, the office was in Orange County. And I'm like, wait, you live in LA or you live in San Diego? Like, how are we ever supposed to hang out? (laughs) Yeah. Traveling an hour, hour and a half, maybe two with traffic one way to hang out. I'm like, okay, like this is so insane to me. I'm used to, we're all in the same neighborhood. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And and San Diego is a very unique piece of the American culture as well. It's definitely not the same as moving to Ohio or Virginia or somewhere else for, mm-hmm. for better or worse. Right. Um, yeah. but the, the car culture in the U S really does take away from so much opportunity to connect. Yeah, no, I, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I think that was one of the experiences that I had in LA this past year where I, because of the job I was doing kind of had my community ingrained and, you know, I was yeah. so lucky that we all, we all just got along from the get-go and then really loved each other. And I, I mean, I, I had this kind of just friend group that I got to go mm-hmm. make TV with every single day. Um, and then as soon as we wrapped, I was like, okay, like let's all hang out. And it was like, oh, well, one yeah. person's in, in Silver Lake, someone's in Los yeah. Feliz, someone's in West Hollywood, someone's in, in yeah. like, the west side someone's in north hollywood and then it was like oh oh this is what it's like okay now i understand (laughs) yeah it's a little bit easier in new york Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. for sure (laughs) um i also um you're part of the team red is dancing Mm -hmm. what is that for everyone (laughs) um so red is dancing is a um it's a I'm completely blanking on the word, a creative agency and production company that specializes in telling stories through dance. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm now more of a freelancer um, Mm -hmm. with them, but I was um, pretty much right hand to Reda Medjelik here in in New York, who's the founder Mm -hmm. of the company. Um, The company's half in Paris, half in New York. And um, I, I learned a lot uh, working there. Um, we, we were a super small team, so everyone wore a ton of hats. Um, Mm -hmm. and the company culture there was also one of just loving multi-hyphenates. Um, so that was also, you know, if I had an audition or I booked a show, it it wasn't like, Oh no, I have to ask for time off. It was like, yeah, Katya, go, go, (laughs) I'll handle it. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, um, it was amazing. And I, we, I mean, while I was there, we produced like, gosh, I don't even know how many videos, but a, a lot. I was there for three, three years, three or four years. Um, and I mean, we did so many videos for like, for like dance companies like Alvin Ailey. Um, and we worked with American Ballet Theater, but also, um, for different organizations, like, like the Brooklyn Museum, um, also brands like Red Bull, uh, Red Bull Dance and Credo Beauty. Um, so it was, it was cool to get to just work with a lot of different clients mm-hmm. and, and learn, um, just learn how to, I guess, tell, tell stories through a very specific medium and also mm-hmm. in a very short, um, time frame. Powerful ladies is a contradictory statement sometimes, and mm-hmm. it can be, uh, divisive because people make power mean something different and ladies mean something different. So what is powerful and ladies as independent words mean to you? And does the definition or your relationship with those words change when they're put next to each other? So I, sorry, I'm like, I'm grinning because I, I love this question. I, I also, mostly because of power. I, I've mm-hmm. had this discussion like several times, uh, 
recently with um with women of all people um <laughs> i i i listen to a lot of uh Brene brown podcast episodes and i yeah. i love her but she had um i think it was on her dare to lead podcast because she has two but she um she talked um was talking about power and like the different forms of power in one of her interviews and it, it was just it was kind of a a big like aha moment for me and then afterwards I was like why is this so surprising but just how <laughs> there isn't one type of power um you know there's there's power over power with power for and I think power two is the fourth one um but usually what we associate with power is power over and that is um has just traditionally been kind of the what we associate with power it's also a very masculine tendency Mm -hmm. um of power is just to use power to dominate to have just control over something or someone whether it's a situation or a person or an animal or or whatever and um and i i just i found it so interesting because in the discussion they were talking about how that that doesn't always resonate with women or, or women who try to take power in a masculine way often get mm-hmm. um, rejected or called the B word or whatever. Um, whereas if, <laughs> whereas if, it, if, it, if it's a man doing it, it's, it's powerful. And, um, and I, I find it fascinating because I also think that women naturally tend to be givers and tend to be nurturers and and that whether that's nature or nurture whether it's what we were taught or it's just what we're feeling that's usually what and we usually gravitate towards power with so you also see a lot of female leaders use that um in an effective way as a like i'm not i'm not the the like say i'll do all i'm i'm asking us to do this together i'm i'm putting this in place for us all to move forward in the same direction um and and so powerful to me just it means finding your own your own way of of manifesting power um and ladies i i use the term ladies all the time and and i it's only been recently that i've kind of had to pause to make sure that i haven't offended anyone with with the word and and to me i think i i think i just i like the word i like the idea Mm -hmm. of of being someone or like a, a lady being someone who is, is classy and knows what she wants. And, um, and is, I, I don't, I don't see a lady as, as someone who's demure or, yeah. um, unintelligent. I, I think it's someone who's, who's royal and very like noble. And, um, so I, I personally love that word and, and I use it all the time. Um, and so the the two of them together, I, I just am like, when I hear powerful ladies, I, I imagine like, a, for lack of a better term, some really badass women who also <laughs> are insanely classy, but also like know how to get shit done. <laughs> I mean, that's the definition that I built this off of, because that's, that's how I think about it, too. I see all the people on TikTok lately being like, we're starting to girl gang and we're going to get jackets. And I'm like, we already have jackets. Like, <laughs> like we need to be promoting ourselves more because what? Like we're here. Um, no, but it, it's such an interesting thing because it, it has been controversial of like why powerful ladies, not powerful humans. I remember uh, early in the podcast, someone asking if we were going to put an X in ladies. And I was like, 
I don't, let's see, let's see what happens. And then I, I'd asked a friend of mine to be on the podcast who is a guy. And I'm like, does it bother you that I'm inviting you to be on the Powerful Ladies podcast? He's like, no, it's your podcast. Like, who do you like, talk? If you think they're powerful, talk to them. I'm like, okay, thank you for giving me that freedom. I needed that. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, one, yes, it is your, your podcast, but also too, like we need to have men in the conversation too. Like, I, I don't yeah. think, I don't think anything really gets done if you're going at it with an us versus them mentality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if, if it's not going to be an open conversation and, and we're not going to have you, like that was one my, um, I was talking to a, a guy friend of mine who was going and taking his sons to, um, all of the, the protests around the abortion rights um, and laws. And, and he was like, I don't know. Is it weird for a guy to be going? And I was like, no, like you, you, yeah. we need men to go like this. Is, that's not even a question. Of course. Um, I had a conversation with my, with my cousin a few years ago that it, it's interesting. Cause I, I feel like I'm kind of in this in between gener- generations of like, I have my cousins who are, teenagers into like very early 20s and obviously then my parents and I'm kind of in this weird in between of of having not grown up with all of the this discussion happening around diversity and and Mm -hmm. gender identity and um but I'm still young enough now to like still be kind of in those conversations at at my age and not be not like my parents were just kind of like oh the young people um (laughs) but but my my cousin at at the time they said something that just kind of hit me where they were sharing with me they they were kind of in this in-between phase of not knowing which pronouns that they wanted to to go with and and they they said something about using the term she her or the pronouns she her that felt limiting to them mm-hmm. and and there was something about that that just made me feel so so sad and and kind of disappointed with society in a way yeah. because there's there's so much that I I love about being a woman I mm-hmm. I love that that like life comes out of us that we are like the idea of a matriarch is just so Mm -hmm. powerful to me um and that and at the same time like there there are a lot of things about being a woman that really annoy (laughs) me and really suck like it 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 sucks to walk down the street and and have people cat call you and follow you and just think that they can do that because they can and like violence against women and, and the fact that you know i mean all right now all the conversations and and you know fights that we're having to have over abortion rights and over the rights to control mm-hmm. our own bodies like that that infuriates me but at the same yeah. time like i if i have to walk through the world dealing with that shit you better acknowledge that i'm a woman like yeah. i'm so so yes you need to call me a lady you know like yeah. I'm, like i'm a human but i also walk through the world in a very yeah. specific way that's different than a man um, so I want, I, I want that label and I like, I wear that label proudly. I understand that that's not for everyone and that not everyone agrees with that, but, um, all of that, I have to say that I love the title of your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it, it's also, I think similar to you, I'm really proud of the lineage of powerful mm-hmm. women that I come from. Like mm-hmm. there's a, there are also amazing men that I come from as Mm -hmm. well. And it's not to diminish their contribution by any means, Mm -hmm. but it really is, you know, as you said, 
this is how I came into this world. This is who I get to honor and continue traditions from and to keep fighting for. You know, like we, I think we forget sometimes that there's so many challenges that women have around the globe mm-hmm. and it's easy to forget about it in short periods of time in the U.S. Mm-hmm. because we do have so many options. Uh, and I do think that the Roe v. Wade current conversation is changing that. Like, you know, it, it was in the mid seventies that women could open their own bank account and start a business under their name. It's like, yeah. what? Like that is not mm-hmm. far enough away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the women that I hang out with, like, I can't imagine any of us having to get permission to about money or permission for our business or permission to do anything. Yeah. Uh, let alone permission to, or to not have, um, mm-hmm. you know, a child. So it's, there's a lot of work that we still have to do because it's not there for everyone yet. And mm-hmm. I have to remind myself that also. Oh yeah. No, I think, I mean, especially in, in the U S even if we're having these challenges, like that's just the mm-hmm. tip of the iceberg for women living elsewhere who, you know, yeah. can't even don't even have access to basic health care. you know? Yeah. Um, it's and, yeah. Well, no, I mean, a, and there's crossover between so many of the social causes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that has blown my mind is that every 14 minutes, a woman in the U.S. is killed by her partner with a gun. And you're like, what? Every 14 minutes? Like, that, that, that intersects so many issues we have in the world right mm-hmm. now. And I'm like, how is no one losing their shit about this? Except I feel like people screaming into like, an echo chamber. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much that we powerful ladies have to change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, if you look at it, like, I mean, I just remember when, when the pandemic really started and I was um, talking to some friends of mine who live in New Zealand and like, mm-hmm. and they were saying that okay, they were, you know, going through all the restrictions and all of that. But like the number one thing that the government was like, promoting out there it wasn't mask mandates it wasn't keeping away six feet it was being kind to each other like that yeah. was the thing that ev- like that it was like a whole a list of like mm-hmm. covid protocols and like being kind to your neighbor and acknowledging that everyone is going through a hard time right now was like top of the chart yeah who's leading that country a woman yeah <laughs> like, yeah um it, it's just like the amount of empathy that like I feel like we need in this country yeah. right now is a whole nother topic for another hour long. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that leads me to wondering, you know, like what stories are you excited to tell and do you want to be telling? Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, uh, so many. Um, and I, I, I think for, for me, one of the most important parts of storytelling is for at at its core for it to be universal and human. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think some of the most powerful movies or TV shows or, you know, stories period are are the ones that like, I, I might not have anything to do with the main character. I might not see myself represented in them physically or ethnically or culturally, but Mm -hmm. I can still, um, I can still be moved by them and by their story on a human level um and and i think telling stories like that 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 
shine a light on on issues and on characters that I might not have seen or might not have thought of before, but I'm suddenly completely connected with them because of the human experience. Like those are, um, that's, that's really what, what inspires me. Um, I think there, there are so many stories of, about, you know, people and in, in cultures that we just don't get to see in, especially in, in the U S market. And, and I think that's, that's changing slowly. I mean, I think even shows like, like squid game or money heist that you know aren't in english period like Mm -hmm. those those things are they're starting to change but um being able to to tell stories about yeah like people people who who on paper have nothing to do with you but you still like love watching them um Mm -hmm. i think is so is so important um I, i i recently saw everything everywhere all at once um with one of my creative partners and best friends and both of us walked out of the of the movie theater like completely just like mind blown. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's just Not such yet. a mm-hmm. wacky, crazy, fun movie. Um, but also, we were like the the protagonist is a middle aged wo- Chinese woman, the, like the, and and it's you know clearly there's a mar- it's blowing up the box office. Like we, mm-hmm. it's 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 becoming more and more and we still have a very long way to go, but it is becoming more and more, I think normal quote unquote to have leading characters that aren't kind of in the norm. Um, And that, that's, that's so exciting to me. And I just want to be able to be behind more of that and be involved with more of that. Mm -hmm. I love that. We asked everyone on the powerful ladies podcast where they put themselves on the powerful ladies scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself today and on average? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to like, see so, you know, now I'm like trying to define like, okay, what is like, what is the most <laughs> powerful that I could possibly be? well i'm not close to like oprah or reese witherspoon or like shonda rhimes yet yes Um, is the key word (laughs) (laughs) um i i i feel like i'm still pretty i'm like i'll give myself like a four plus i i i'm like i'm not even halfway to where i want to be but i'm not at zero i i i i want to acknowledge that for myself because i usually would would not but i I've, I've done enough to where I don't think I'm, I'm a zero, but I would say maybe like a four. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is one of my most interesting questions. I just think I love how people respond. It says a lot about what people are reaching for and what they acknowledge themselves for. And so many things like I'm happy to, to give it all the answers away to a psychology team or an anthropology team. I think they would. Have I would be. Really... I would be fascinated to, to see what they say about that. Yeah, exactly. We could probably even just do a short film on just women's answers and what, yeah. what it all means. Um, you know, it's we're approaching the halfway mark of 2022. What are you most proud of accomplishing this year, and what is still on your to-do list? Um, I. I am, I'm proud of the show that, um, that I was just on. I am, that was the first time that I've been a series regular and on, you know, 10 episodes and filming for almost 
11 months and, um, you know, with, with the breaks in between, but, um, I am, I'm, I am proud of that. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of the, the community that, that we created and the, the story that we were telling was very, um, really important to me. And, um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm proud of the work that we did. Um, what do I still, I have, I have a lot of things that I still want to accomplish. I just, I, I think that was like one of the, the hard things I think about this industry is how much of a like unknown and start and stop mm-hmm. it is. We're like, I feel like I'm like a horse that's just been like, like got to trot a little bit and like got to canter a little bit. And I was like, I'm ready to gallop. Like, yeah. <laughs> why is there a gate in front of me guys? <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like I kind of was like, okay, let's keep going. And like, I'm being reined in. Um, but I'm also just like, I'm kind of shifting gears now too. And, and, um, I have a couple of things that I'm developing and producing that I'm just kind of shifting gears into. So there's, um, there's still a lot, a lot more that I, I want to accomplish, but more than anything, I just want to keep on working and getting to tell stories that mm-hmm. I'm excited about. When you're not working, what are you doing to have fun, recharge yourself or just go out and be curious with? Um, I, I'm like active wise. I like, I really like staying active. I love taking like just long walks and I'm, I'm really into kickboxing and and yoga. Um, I've also recently gotten, hence the horse analogy, I've gotten really into horseback riding, (laughs) Um, which is, which is something that when I was little, I always really wanted to do and never um, just didn't have the opportunity. And um, I'd, I'd ridden a little bit, um, but a couple of years ago, I, I got to go horseback riding in Mexico. And it was the first time that I ever was like, on a horse kind of free range and having to figure it out on my own. And I just loved it. Um, so this year I, I got into taking lessons and I've just become kind of a horse girl at <laughs> in my twenties. That was probably something I should have like done when I was eight, but <laughs> I'm a horse girl now. <laughs> I always say that I feel the most proud when I'm making eight year old me proud. Um, that I, I'm going to, I'm going to quote you on that. I, I love that. Um, Cause it's true. I think, I think, when I was, you know, eight to to eighteen, pretty much there were so many things that I like I wanted to do, but I either didn't have the maturity for it or you know the resources for it. And I feel like now I'm getting to to do the things that I'm like, no, this is this is my money. I get to spend it how I want. I have <laughs> I I am like I'm a freelancer. I I run my own business. I get to decide when I go on vacation and when I take the time off and. Um, mm-hmm. And I get to, yeah, fulfill all those eight-year-old, eight-year-old aspirations. <laughs> they're, they're so important. I mean, you know, that's also why I have that question because so often there's, it's that line and it doesn't have to be exactly eight, but there's that crossover where we have like one foot in the anything is possible and magical mm-hmm. imagination space and one foot into, oh, this is the reality of what it means to be in a, like a grown up or, you know, mm-hmm. work exists in, in adulthood. Yeah. And so there's something magical there of not being afraid to blend the two together. And I, I think mm-hmm. I spent so much of my time as a coach helping people reintroduce both sides to each other mm-hmm. because I mean, every day people make things you're like, how, what, what made them think they could do it mm-hmm. or who thought that that would be a great idea, but 
guess what? Lavender ice cream is amazing. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, it is so true. And I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, even just like in acting, I feel like in acting like one-on-one, so many teachers have, I've heard them either say or tell me like, you need to find your inner child. You have to play. And yeah. I, and I, and like, I'm, you know, lucky enough that that's my job. And like, my job is yeah. literally to like run around playing and pretending that I'm a different person. Um, but I think it, but it, it's true. It's true for, I think any adult, like finding that, that joy and things and just mm-hmm. that creativity. Like it's, it's one of the things that's so easily lost in to-do lists. Um, yes. but it's, it's so important to hold on to. It really is. Um, I can't step over what message your shirt might say based on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Women don't owe you shit. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as we started, I kind of like saw the, like saw it creeping up and I was like, oh, I'm wearing, I'm wearing that shirt. I guess it's appropriate. It's it's totally appropriate. Yeah. You were subconsciously (laughs) dressing for the day. It works. I I totally, my my subconscious has a way with me sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know that the powerful ladies community is powerful and is resourceful and loves to collaborate. What is something that you need, are looking for, or are a request for? Um, I, I mean, right now, I, I kind of just want to meet, meet more, more women who are doing cool shit. Like I, yeah. um, I'm, I'm developing and producing a couple things. My um, writing and creative partner Madeline Stevenson and I have a show that we're pitching, um, and I like. I would just love to have more conversations with more women who are creating, especially in the film and TV space. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think having like having people that you know and get to connect with to then like, even if it's not now later on down the line, be like, mm-hmm. Oh wait, like I just met this woman who's an awesome cinematographer. or I met this incredible art designer who would be great for my friend's short film or like, yeah. I, I just want to get to meet more people. I think especially now that COVID is, not that it's over because everyone's like, oh, COVID's over and it's definitely not. But I think we are starting to at least do more things that we did mm-hmm. pre-COVID and, and get to connect more. Um, I'm, I'm really just in like a, I want to, I hate the word networking, but I'm in like a community building phase. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Networking is such a bad rap, but it's like, no, I just want to make new friends and we can make yeah. things together and it'll be great. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I want to, I want to find more of my people. Yes. That is honestly yeah. the quest that I'm always on. And that is why I selfishly made this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great, great strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I encourage you to be selfish in what you make too. Um, well, there's been some amazing um, women in the uh, film and uh, actors who've been on here. If there's any that you would love to be introduced to, please let me know. Um, the, Sarah Zendaya in particular pops into my head. Mm-hmm. She's a director and filmmaker and she's just amazing. She's a great human. It was so oh, great awesome. to connect with her. Um, and she also, uh, went to NYU cause that's where she met Sasha Sagan, who was on the podcast first. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. So there's, I'll take there's out their episodes community. too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you a couple to, to, to peek at. Oh, please, please, please. Um, and I might be coming through New York to do a meetup soon. So that would be fun oh, too. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me know. Let me know. I'm here um, at least at least for June. And, and then I'm kind of seeing what's next. But definitely yeah. let me know, please. 
I will, of course. Um, well, everyone who now um, would love to know more about you, support you, follow you, where can they do that? Um, both you and your shows and movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram um, at katia.martine. Um, I'm fairly new to Twitter. I'm figuring that one out a little bit, but I'm at uh, katia double underscore martine on there. Um, and the, um, the show is called Promised Land. It's at Promised Land ABC on, I think, both Instagram and Twitter. And it's also available on Hulu? It is on Hulu. Yes, okay. it's, it's on Hulu. Perfect. All, all 10 episodes. Yes. Okay. Well, um, it has been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for being a yes to me and the podcast. Um, and just thank you for being another woman out there who is following your heart and your passions and wants to create and collaborate with um, the rest of us around you. So just thank you. It makes me no. feel better knowing that people like you are out there. No, thank, thank you so much for, for facilitating these conversations and, um, and having me on and having me be part of this community. Thank you. All the links to connect with Katya are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening and leave us a rating and review. They are critical for podcast visibility. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or Kara underscore Duffy on Instagram. You can also find both myself and Powerful Ladies on TikTok. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode with a new amazing guest. Until then... I hope taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.